the truth will set us free. And, and I honestly believe that passivity is a poison yeah. to godly men and women. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Hey, hey, welcome back to Life After Addiction. Ryan and I missed you last week. The podcast is doing so well. I mean, so many sponsors are lining up. Come on. I mean, YouTube has literally just said, hey, here's the blank check. We're going to write it. What do you want to keep going? <laughs> and so Ryan and I felt like, hey, we needed to treat ourselves to a little uh, trip right. to the Alps. It was we nice. Went, went skiing for a week. Just We just pampered ourselves. We, we just did. treated ourselves. So Carl and Catherine stepped in for us. We thanked them so much. All jokes aside, uh, they stepped in. They had a story to tell, and we wanted them to tell it because that was powerful, man. Yeah. A brother and sister that have gone through it and God healed both of them and used each other in it, like to help each other and others. If you haven't seen that, that was episode 19 just last week. Uh, this is episode 20. We're back, baby. Yeah. We're excited. We're excited what we have to talk about today. We're going to talk about passivity and how is, it is literally poison for Christians, Christian men, but also Christian women. It's poison mm. to us. It's killing us. But first we have yet another Entry in the I Ain't Scared Challenge. I don't, it's a callback. It was a few weeks ago. If you're tracking with us, you know what I'm talking about. But I'll just recap. On the very first episode, I mean, this thing went viral. I mean, it's a hit. It, it, it's it, undeniable. It, it blew up on the internet. We didn't mean for it to, no. but it created a hashtag I Ain't Scared Challenge. If you remember in the first episode, Chitty, I, I surprised him. I wanted to, well, he was a little nervous then. He's yeah. a pro now. He's a little nervous yeah. first episode. And to lighten the mood, I uh, I got him a gift, a very heartwarming gift. It that just happened to be the hottest gummy bear on the planet, and it was something millions of Scoville. It was hot. And so we ate it, and I said, are you scared? And he, I ain't scared, and ripped his shirt off. Well, that's what caused this crazy, I mean, this viral challenge. We had a, a submission, and now we have, we've had submissions, and here's another one for you today coming straight out of McMinnville. Check it out. Comer and Chitty, I'm here on 25 degree weather to challenge you to a putting competition. You know why? Because I ain't scared. Let's go! Shout out Mike Breezy. He says, I ain't scared. There it is. That that's one, classic. I don't know. That one might. That's, that's going to be hard to top there's, right there. There's two up there. Uh, there's two up there. That one or the, or the one that we played. We're, we're, we'll show yours if we haven't shown. Uh, we're not going to show all of them. <laughs> Let's yeah. just put it that way. But if you submit yours and it's something that makes us laugh or it's funny or what a creative, we're going to show it. And at the end of this quarter, we're going to give away one of these hoodies or one of those T-shirts that we showed. It's the Live Free T-shirt. Yeah. In fact, let's talk about the hoodie real quick. Um, stand we, up? Yeah, stand up, man. And, and we're probably going to play the commercial, the real quick commercial here in just a second. But these hoodies, it's our new merch. I believe Chitty says it's the softest, greatest, most best merch in the, merch game. In the game. That's right. And so these are now S2L.net as well as the T-shirt. All of the proceeds go to our scholarship fund. Check out this brief word from our sponsor. <laughs> I felt it, and I don't have it. All right. <laughs> What's up, guys? This is Ryan and Carl. Uh, we just wanted to bring you our newest drops here that you can find on yes. S2L.net. So this is our hoodie, our new limited edition. It's the greatest, softest, best merch in the game. 
So we'd like you to go out and purchase one of those. Um, all the proceeds and the funds go to our uh, scholarship fund to help guys, uh, fund guys to get into our program. So we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, Carl has on our, our Live Free Freedom Tees. So you can also locate that, those on S2L.net. We love you guys. We thank you for your support. Yep. And we love Jesus. Come on, bro. And, and last year, man, we had more scholarships distributed than ever before. So we want to keep that going, man. We want to help people continue to find the same freedom that Jesus gave to us, man. So go out and support us, man. We love you guys. We'll see you soon. Amen. Man, that was a good, hey, that was a good commercial, both Chitty and Carl, man. That was that was pretty good. Okay. Okay. I, I appreciate that. That was one take, Jake. Too. That was one take in the booth with one tooth. Come on. And it ain't loose. <laughs> it ain't loose. Uh, that's where it is. So, <laughs> all right. We got all of that out of the way. That, now we're going to dive in. And this is, uh, whew, this topic probably is going to step on toes, but it's it's facts, man. It's, it's truth, and the truth will set us free. And, and I honestly believe that passivity is a poison to godly men and women. And what I mean by passivity, let's lay some groundwork and I'm going to let you kind of take it away for a minute. But what I mean by that is not being mean or angry or sharp, but I, it does mean speaking truth and showing compassion. It does mean when we, um, we're not ashamed of the gospel, right? Yeah. It does mean that when there is injustice, we stand. When there's racism, we don't allow it. It does mean when these godly men and women will stand for what God believes and commands. And so passivity is such a poison because it's almost, to each his own, bro. Go along to get along. And it's like the decay of our culture is happening I mean, you could just see it. You could just see it in everything that's happened. I was talking with my dad, and my dad's old school, man. He was in town. He's supposed to be retired, by the way. Yeah. And I get a message. He's coming in town because they're, the state tournament is happening, and he's coaching still. There you go. Like, coach, you're 100. Let it be. No, he's not that old. But, I mean, I, I and honestly, if he does, he did retire, but they hadn't come back, and now he's doing a couple sports. But my dad, man, and we were just talking about, just kind of the decay. And I mean, you know, you chalk it up to, ah, he's old, but I mean, I guess some would consider me old as well, but I could just look back at my own life, but also in just how culture and my own life has changed and what's, what was allowed even on television to what's allowed now, um, what's considered normal, what's considered popular or sexy even. And man, we might dive into some of this, but it's like our culture is not a representation of the kingdom of heaven. In fact, the Bible would call a lot of our, our culture an abomination, right? And I believe this this country was founded on biblical principles and things like that, and God we trust. Uh, but, man, it is decaying, and it's because godly men and godly women won't stand for what they believe in, if they really believe in it. And so, man, that's kind of the groundwork. That's our baseline. Let's take it from there. Tell me, tell me what you got. Yeah, Passivity. so I'm going to start off with just the definition And this is from Webster's Dictionary. It's the acceptance of what happens without active response Mm. or resistance. And it's important to remember, you know, obedience to God's commands requires us to to leave our comfort zones and stand for truth, which in a Christian's case is the authoritative word of God. 
Um, I think it's so prevalent in today's society, like you were talking about, the predominant religion is tolerance. Mm. And whenever you don't tolerate this agenda we push, and especially as Christians, you are now a hateful bigot if you don't believe and not only believe, but confirm and accept every single agenda that we push your way. And for you to even deny it or for you to try to, you know, say something that opposes that idea, man, you're hateful. Yeah. You are absolutely hateful. You're a bigot, you know, and it's it's crazy the agendas they push that they try to get us to to accept. Um, and so I wanted to bring up <clears throat> Jesus's, you know, the great commission we see in Matthew 28. Um, whenever he says this is verse 19 and 20, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And I was thinking like, okay, had the disciples, you know, been passive about this call, Mm. knowing the gravity of the call that had been placed on their lives, knowing the resistance that they were going to face, knowing that death was almost a guarantee. Yeah. They just crucified the great commission. Correct. Yeah. Like, Hey, your leader, we're going to kill. Oh, you're going to talk about what your leader taught. Yeah. Now I want you to teach what I taught after what, what happened to me. And it's like, I think back to that, you know, and, and think of my own faith or just the faith of Christianity today. And it's like, Man, that'd be tough. That's a tough call. And it's easy in those moments to become passive. Like, hey, man, I shared the gospel with a couple people yeah, and justified. this dude was yeah, yeah. was threatening me. So, man, it's like ah, I went over here and that's tough. It's tough to 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 have your faith be established and, and in such a firm place that, man, regardless of what comes my way, man, I am going to stand for what I know is true. Yeah for what I know is absolute truth. And that's difficult. Yeah. And I mean, when I say yes, 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 yes. So, so when you hear us say these things, they are true, but we understand the gravity of how difficult it is to be. It almost feels like you're alone on an Island, man. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's interesting. You brought up the point and I, and I don't have the scripture because we don't script what we're going to say. I didn't know you're going to bring this up, but you're right. If I were, t- if, and I have been, but if a Christian today is going to stand up for what he believes, you're hateful, you're intolerant. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's definitely, God proclaims this in his word. And I can't, I don't, I don't have it memorized, but it, I mean, God, God's word says in the new Testament, um, we will become addicted to like our ears being tickled. And yeah. at one point, um, the things that are good are looked at as bad and the things that are bad are celebrated. And I mean, that's in the scripture. Uh, that's, that's a very paraphrased thing. And I can't tell you exactly where it is, where the location is right now, but I mean, that, that that's definitely proclaimed and that's where we're at. Yeah. And, and not that it's easy, but it's right. And I mean, we proclaim and we've said it on this podcast from the rooms of recovery, the revival of the, of a nation. And before we got started here, guys, we were listening to this uh, new song that just came out uh, by Maverick city music. Uh, and our good friend that was that was that led catapult for us, Travis Ryan, the other yeah. day, uh, he helped write the song. And so it, the song just proclaims, "Heal our land." Mm. Like God, you say, if we turn from our wicked ways, it's just straight from the Old Testament. It's a beautiful song. I'd encourage you to go listen to it. Um, Heal our land. But yeah, if we're proclaiming that from the rooms of recovery, the revival of a nation, man, there's going to be some righteous men and women step up and stop being so passive Mm -hmm. because it's killing us, man. If we don't tell society, if we don't tell our kids on a micro level, like, Hey, here's how God says to live. Here's what's best for you. Then someone else will. 
Someone else will tell them. Someone else will tell this. Someone else will lead the society to a place of just devastation, man. And that's where we're at. It's all about the individual. It's all about, like you said, who it's a religion of tolerance. Yep. And it's like, wait, what, what, why would I need to be tolerant about something that is, for example, and I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm not a, fr- <laughs> not going to be passive on the passivity, right. but I mean, it, they could, they could try to do something to this channel, but uh, why would I not proclaim the truth that abortions murder? Yeah. That more black babies were aborted last year than were born in New York city. Mm. Why would I not say that it was founded by racist to, to keep black people, to keep the population low, to try to keep, I mean, this is all facts, man, hard facts. And it's like, okay, well let's, it's a choice. Well, no, it's, it's a life. If we could say on Mars that a speck of dust is a life on Mars, but a human baby from conception, scientifically, the science is on the side of the pro-life. Like, why Why are believers, in, if every church stood for that, abortion would be illegal. Mm. It would be, and I'm not trying to go down a rabbit trail. I didn't even plan to talk about this. But, I mean, it, it would be abolished, yeah. right? And then we would be on the right side of history telling our great-grandchildren in 50 years or 40 years, hey, why did y'all let that happen? Why did you let this genocide happen 40 years ago? And we could stand up. No, we did, we stood up. We just we lost our way, and, and the church with a capital C stood together and ended this genocide in our country, in this world. And, man, I, I, I get fired up about that, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not passive about that. I've talked about it from stage. I just last week emailed uh, a state legislator trying to put a team together to really put some legislation into and pass to abolish it in our state. Mm. Because awesome. it is, man, and that's what we could do. These are things that if, and that's something that God's convicted me on. I want to go into my scripture here, yep. uh, just with, and it's James chapter four, verse seventeen. It says, "So whoever knows the right thing to do, and fails to do it, for him it is sin." Now, I don't want to blab the whole time, man. And we've been going, we've been going about fifteen minutes, thirteen minutes. But sin is separation from God. The wages of sin is death. If I know the right thing to do and fail to do it, then for me it's sin. Man, I am living a life trying to put to death sin. Mm. And so why would I? I don't know, man. And I'm not tooting my own horn because I am a coward at times too, and I get it. But it's almost this sense of if we could rise up, if we could have brothers in arms to stand for the Lord, man, there would be revival in our nation. There would be. Yeah. Absolutely. And you said that phrase, you know, put to death sin. And that actually goes right into my next scripture. Colossians 3, 5 tells us. And remember, the instruction we see in scripture are commands. These aren't suggestions or requests. These are commands. And it says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, evil desires and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. You know, putting to death sin requires us to to take severe measures in order to do something. You know, we don't accomplish this by becoming passive and accepting sin or embracing it, whether it be in our lives or whether it be in the world around us or in the lives of others. Um, Man, we have this supernatural ability to put to death sin because of the power of the Holy Spirit. We just do. Um, And so whenever we see these things that we know are 
opposite of what the gospel teaches, of what scripture teaches, man, we have to speak up. We have to speak out. We have to say something. And it's crazy. You made a comment just under your uh, your breath a second ago. You know, I'm not going to be passive on passivity. I was struggling as I'm like, because we, we talk about what topics we're going to discuss. We don't talk about what we're going to discuss between us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I caught myself doing that in my mind. Well, man, I don't want to say that because that might offend this person. I man, if I say this and it's like. We've almost been, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not taught, but just like it's an in, groomed. groomed. There you go. Groomed to like, man, even internally, I may not say it out loud, but internally I'm being groomed to like be passive, yeah. be submissive, yeah, accept yeah. things. And it's almost like subconscious until you really can see life through the lens of Christ and through a biblical perspective, like you can catch on to that. Like, whoa, okay. Like not to say I accept certain things, but it's to a point where like, maybe I'm just tiptoeing the line of just accepting it subconsciously because I'm not speaking out against it. And therefore I'm justifying it. Yeah. I am accepting it. My failure to address something is absolutely accepting something, but I like to believe, well, now just because I stand by the wayside and I don't participate in it now, nah, it's fine. And it's like, no, absolutely not. As I brought up to begin with, where, where would the gospel be? Had the disciples not, absolutely taken hold of the gospel and presented it all across the nations. Yeah. We wouldn't have heard about Jesus. Yeah. We would have not have heard about it. Now yeah. it, it, they could have, you know, and eh, well, I went to this part of the world and they weren't receiving it. So I left and then I went here. No, they put their lives on the line to stand for what is true, whether it was, you know, persecution, whether it was, you know, torture, whether it was death, it, whatever the cost, whatever the cost was, Man, they were willing to accept it and embrace it. And yeah. that's how we have to view passivity is like at what cost? And the cost is only going to grow. Yeah. It's only going to grow more and more to a place of like, okay, either I stand for something or I fall for anything that comes my way. That's good. And, and you mentioned being submissive to the culture and we're called to submit to Christ, mm -hmm. the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords from nothing burst forth everything because that guy spoke. Mm. He just spoke and everything existed. Yeah. Galaxies were formed. And yet we are choosing to be submissive to culture um, and just passive because I guess culture's king. And uh, and when I say we, I want you to know we're not we're preaching to ourselves right now. Right. We're preaching to absolutely. We're, we're having this conversation to join with you, to motivate us and you at the same time. And we're, we're called to be submissive to the King of Kings. And to finish the verse that he started with, with, with the Great Commission, it says these things, but it ends with, I'm with you to the end of age. Mm, come on. So, and I want to give kind of an example in, inside of why um, or what goes on in our minds. And you hit it right there at the end. You were mm -hmm. talking about what goes on in our minds and why we shouldn't do it. So I'll, 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 I could tell you what goes on in, in our minds or what, not in our minds, what goes on that causes us to, to shrink in the example I gave. And then I'll kind of talk about what goes on in our minds. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just blabbling now, but the example I gave was the uh, abortion. And so here's what the combat would be. Well, what are you doing with the babies? Are you even supporting? Are you even helping the mothers out? And, and, and here's what I'll tell you. You don't know what I do. You don't know what I give. You don't know how I help. I don't proclaim it. I don't advertise it. I'm not taking selfies and, and I'm not doing that. But I'll also tell you this. Is that really your comeback for murder? Right. Hey, how are you helping these babies? So let me flip it. So should we kill them? All the poor kids should die. Let's kill them all. That's your. That's really what you're saying. We're saying my comeback to you is you don't help these women. Word. Or, and, and here, let me tell you something, man. 
a biblical principle in submitting to Christ also talks about sex and how it's good for you and the pain that a woman feels when she's left by a coward who, who can't be a man and raise a child, the pain that she has after an abortion, the pain and all this, man, that could be, that, that doesn't have to be there. You know how we do things God's way, man. Yeah. We do things the way God has. Sex is a beautiful thing mm. and created by God, but he gives us guidelines on how it's going to work and how it's not. Right. And so, I mean, I, I give that example. So there's silly things that comes in your head to try to, bigot you're, yeah. you you don't care about women you don't care about well, what about rape you don't care about these things but the question they're really saying is okay well what's okay to kill someone then if we if we if we put our logic hat back on if we put our non-passivity hat back on now let's move over to our own head for me a lot of times and you've really touched on this you probably explained it perfect but when we're passive it's because we have some skeletons in the closet there's always that there's always that condemnation from the accuser about you being sinful. Yep. You being um damaged goods. Hey, I know what you thought. Hey, hey I know a, what you you're said. You're a fraud. You're a fraud. Yeah. And man, the story uh, just kind of to paraphrase the story, my next scripture is it's Isaiah. And <laughs> this is the response, guys. This is such a beautiful picture and I've talked about it at Catapult, but Isaiah has a vision. Uh, and, and, and I don't think it was a dream. I think God somehow gave him a vision and it was of the throne room of heaven. And it's interesting because you think when you imagine, and I mean, you hear the song, I can only imagine, you know, what it's going to be like when you (laughs) see God Mm. in all his glory and on the throne, it's just be like, wow, wow. But that wasn't Isaiah's reaction, man. To see God's glory, his perfection, his righteousness on his throne, his reaction was, woe is me. Mm. Woe is me, for I have unclean lips, and I live amongst the people of unclean lips. And that is shame, yeah. guilt. I have this. I've, and he sees the perfection of God and the glory of God. It's like, oh, I see I'm not like that. And so you could just hear the condemnation coming in. And here's the most beautiful picture of the gospel. An angel from the throne of heaven takes a sacrifice and touches his lips and pure. It says it atones for your sin. Mm. Like what a beautiful shadow of the gospel. You are sinful. You have unclean lips from the throne of God. I atone for your sin. And then there's something that happens in Isaiah. And here's what happens with, here's how we could put to death passivity. Isaiah felt the same shame, the same lies in his own head, the same, or the truth in his own head, but the same condemning thing in his own head. But God atoned for that and something changed in him, which is what believers, Christian men and women, when you stand up and you press back, press back against culture with love, it's because something changed in you. And here's what happened. God says, it went from, woe is me, I have unclean lips. And then if you read, I think it's Isaiah 6, God says, who will go for us and whom shall I send? And after the atonement of a sin, after the woe is me, like he sees God, God atoned for him. It changed something in him. Isaiah stands up and says, here I am, send me. Mm. How different is that? How different is that as woe is me, I can't even look. I have unclean lips. Everyone around me has unclean lips. I'm not worthy to, here I am, send me. God. That's that's a man of God who's no longer going to be passive. And no one gave, not perfect, but not passive. 
Yeah. Didn't give a rip. Why? Because he submitted to the king of kings and stopped submitting to the culture and the fear of it. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Mm. That's a beautiful story, and it, it, it lines up with exactly the story I'm going to tell um, of Daniel. Yes. In, in Daniel chapter 6, where he had all the opportunity in the world to become passive, and he was bold as a lion. <clears throat> so the story of Daniel, you know, Daniel was captured by Nebuchadnezzar, served in exile for 70 years under many kings. And at this time, you know, in chapter six, King Darius uh, was the king. And, you know, he had planned to set Daniel in a place over all the kingdom in a position of power over, excuse me, over all the kingdom. And, you know, the other officials were disgruntled about that. They're like, "Eh, no, this ain't going to happen. So what they did is got the king to write up an injunction stating that there could be prayers only made to their king, which Mm. was King Darius, knowing that man, Daniel was a man of faith. He's not going to be able to abide by this injunction. Yeah. He's just not going to be able to they do it. They were jealous of him. They were trifling, conspiring. <clears throat> they convinced him to make this decree. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. the decree stated what? Uh, for these 30 days, you can only pray to King Darius. Yeah. You know? And this image that he had built. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so what does Daniel do? Well, he goes back to his room, right? And let's read. This is going to be. Uh, Daniel 610. So it says when Daniel knew the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber (laughs) open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. (laughs) And I think to that in, in my own life, you know, and it's like, man, had I been put in that position, you know, it's easy to say, man, well, God knows my heart, man. Yeah. God knows my heart. I could wait these 30 days out and man, he knows that I love him, man. He knows that I serve him, man. And Daniel's like, no, I'm going to be bold as a lion, knowing his life is on the line. Cause yeah. when a decree is made, you know, and you don't abide by that, your life is absolutely on the line. So then we know the story. He got, he gets thrown into the lion's den. God delivers him from that. Um, and then, Man, I love what King Darius states, the decree he then makes after Daniel's obedience and boldness and boldness. Now, this is Daniel passivity. Exactly. Daniel 626. This is King Darius speaking. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, Mm. for he is the living God enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall be to the end. Mm. And I read that and I'm getting goosebumps as I read that now, but because of the boldness of Daniel to stand for what he knew was true, Mm. the one true God, Mm. man. Like I, I desire to cultivate that sort of faith Yeah, man. to just stand firm and not waver regardless of what agendas get pushed my way and to not be submissive or to be passive. And like I said, just because I'm not engaging in these things and because I don't believe in them, then I don't have no part. So really, I'm not wrong. And in, in, in the grand scheme of things, when it's like. No, man, I've got to stand for what I know to be true. And if we're passive as Christian men, the world will absolutely be passive. Yeah. Yeah. And interesting enough, you know how easy it would have been for Daniel. And I I don't guarantee, but I'm pretty confident it went through his head. I'm still going to be obedient and pray three times a day, but I'm going to do it in my closet. Right. No. But no, it said like he he had been doing. 
He went to the window, yeah. opened it up, mm. knowing what was coming, and still did it. I would have convinced myself. I mean, I pray for the boldness, but I'm, I, 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 I'm not saying what I would have done. But I know how my brain works and how I, how I can justify things. And I, and I guess I say that to say, no, we could be bold as a lion. In Proverbs, it says, the wicked flees when no one pursues, but yeah. the righteous are as bold as a lion. Now, is it because of was it, is it because of uh, Daniel that the the uh, Darius made this decree on all the land that they serve the God of Daniel? No, it's because of God. Mm. But God used Daniel. Amen. Now it, I think if God's going to use us from the rooms of recovery, the revival of a nation, I pray if you're watching this and you're involved in this recovery world at all, a family member or someone who's an alumni or just watching this. God will use you if you're bold as a lion. It might not be in a lion's den, where, like this picture, and it shuts the mouth of lions and this emperor Darius, to, but it could be to one person. It could be, hey, when you're having this worldly talk, and he's like, man, I, 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 don't, I don't think that that's okay. Um, not because I want to think that, but, but God says in his word that it's not okay. And what if the ripple effect of that is the next whoever, right? The next person that God uses like Billy Graham, where yeah. there's stadiums of men coming to the Lord. Mm. I mean, who knows what it is? It doesn't matter the outcome. What matters is the obedience and not being passive, yeah. not allowing people to tell us what's okay and what's not okay. Mm -hmm. Like that's passivity. And man, as we come to an end here, I feel like we're having church in this month. Come well, on. I feel like this episode could go a little longer, but you got to come back next week. That's right. But as we come to an end here, I just... I don't want hear people to hear us say that we don't struggle with this. I want people to hear us say the heroes of our faith struggled with this. Yes. Uh, I want people to know that when we are obedient, and we've tasted that, I mean, even saying the things that I've said on this podcast will be, I would be considered a bigot or a, a, a toxic masculinity or yeah. whatever it could be. But and So I'm not tooting my horn, but I am saying when men and women of of God become mighty men and women of God and and you stand up there will be revival come and heal our land O Lord our yes we say yes to you Lord the song says our yes is on the table man I really believe um, not only will, will, will we be pushing back against sin which causes what death and decay but man it, it it's out of love it's because hey if God says it I think he knows what's best. Like if I, I have a, a, a six-year-old and if I tell him not to touch the stove, it's because I have experience with touching hot things and I want to protect him. And although he's six and I'm getting close to 40, edit that out, timestamp it, uh, he might look at me and be like, you don't want me to have fun? Look how shiny it is. It's glowing. It, it's gonna, you're, you're so lame, old dad. But it's like, wait, no, man. No, it will hurt you. It will burn you. Yeah. I'm 40. You're six. I have a little more life experience. You got to trust me, son. I know you don't get it right now. How much more is that for God? Yeah. Hey, little 40-year-old, I'm forever old. Mm. I've been around forever. You're 40. Trust what I tell you. It's for your good and my glory. That's right. And so, I mean, it's not because we're trying to have some rules, but it's like, man, Everything was perfect until that little thing called sin came in and cracked it, man. There was no disease. There was no pain. There was no divorce, abortion, break. There was no 
heartache. There was no sin. And then sin cracked and screwed all that up. And if we want to push back against that, we probably need to do what God tells us to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Close us, close us out with some words of wisdom. Yeah, just the, really the cost of discipleship, you know, and being able to follow Jesus, man, it requires a level of determination, of bravery, of courage, um, a fervent spirit. It requires us to continue to pursue him even in those times of doubt and the fear of what is going to happen of what if I say this the the backlash that I'm going to receive you know but standing for something so that you don't fall for anything is so important I know that can be a cliche thing to say but man I I, we notice it like you said passivity is something that we struggle with as well this isn't something that's just easily that you just overcome and and and, you know a snap or whatever man it's just something you've got to practice each and every single day start small in a conversation you notice something that's not that's that's not true or biblically true man say something in a loving and a gentle and a kind and a compassionate manner but stand for something especially like you said as christian men if we fall for anything this world will never stand for God's objective truths. Yeah. Let me let me do this. Uh, whenever I talk about abortion, I want to tell both sides. And and here's what I mean. If you're someone who has had an abortion or the father of that encouraged a woman to have an abortion or whatever it may be, you need to understand that God loves you. Mm. You need to understand that you there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. You haven't gone too far. And I and I say that from experience in the aspect of I've done some wicked things. Repent and turn, though. Don't defend it. And, and you know, when I go and, I, and I'm, I'm sidewalk counseling and stuff at, at Planned yeah. Parenthood or other places, the ones that have the most effect are women who have had an abortion mm. and standing beside me, just like any other field, man. Yeah. And, and, and I just say that. I just want to add that caveat to let you know, man, God's grace is sufficient. Amen. That, like, that shame, like, I... I've talked with enough women and, and done enough of this that I know this isn't an abortion episode, but I know the pain. I, I can tell you that every year, that time, how when your baby's supposed to be four years old, and I, I just know what that pain is, and I know that there's scumbag men that, that make it scary for you, but know that God is good and there's enough. And so I want to end this with just a prayer for boldness and to put to death the poison of, of passivity. And we haven't done that. And so I'm just going to ask you just to bow your head and just sit in this moment. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. Keep the podcast turned up, I guess. Uh, but just receive this. If, if you're just watching, you're safe. I do ask you to close your eyes. Let me pray this over us. Yeah. And let's go. Father in heaven, God, I, I just I love you so much. And as we were getting ready for this episode, there was just a, a, our song was heal our land, O Lord. And so, Lord, I pray for mighty men and women of God to step up. God, I pray that you give us the boldness of a lion, that we, we don't flee because of our wickedness, but our righteousness, we become as bold as a lion. God, help us to put to death the poison of passivity. Lord, I pray for the fear um, that we press through that. God, I pray that when we um, when we stand for your word, that we do so in love and not in arrogance and pride and hatefulness. 
God, I pray that you heal our land. I pray that mm. mighty men and women of valor stand together arm in arm, God, and I pray that revival breaks out in this nation. God, I know that it starts with just one. I know that whatever state or city that someone could be listening to this in, God, I pray that, that just they alone have the boldness to just be a mighty man or woman of valor, and then that just becomes contagious, God. And I pray that you do a mighty move in this nation, God. You are welcome and needed here. Help us to push back against the decay. Help us to push back against Genesis 3 and the sin. God, help us to walk in the things that you've called us to. God, I pray for boldness and protection for anyone listening and anyone praying with us right now, God. I love you so much. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And that's Life After Addiction. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app, or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.